Hey guys, welcome back to Trainers Lab. I'm Blake Scheidt and I'm here with Ms. Bahawk. And Trainers Lab is our uh, business that is set up to help remote coaches uh, accelerate their business. And so we do this by offering services, providing content, uh, both, both through podcast blogs and our website. So if you're interested in that, you can head on over to our, our Instagram or our website and uh, we'll have that in the, the link following this podcast. So uh, today we have a really cool topic. Um, Ms. and I were talking before air and just wanted to go through storytelling. We've talked about kind of marketing uh, business, but also like practical coaching, right? So just one-on-one with your clients, uh, how you use stories. So stories are in everything. These are things that we've done since the beginning of mankind. Like we, mm-hmm. we love stories. You know, there was tribal stories that were passed down or written on walls. There were stories that we used to write down on scrolls. There are stories that we now conducted uh, either audio, right? Like when my grandparents were growing up on the radio or right. now video. And so human beings have always loved stories. That's something that captures us. And the art of the coach is learning how to articulate the client's story. And so we kind of, we came up with three ways we really wanted to break this down. So there is the discovery call of the story, which is someone's reaching out to you. And this is like the, this is the beginning of the story, right? This is kind of like where Karate Kid meets Mr. Miyagi, right? And there's like this situation. So your job is to kind of figure out where your service fits into their story. So that's one way. So what are some ways like you've used stories in a discovery call or in a sales call um, that have been helpful? And like, what are key things you look for when talking to a potential client? So one of the main things I found, uh, and I tested this early on, where like I would keep it focused on them in the discovery call and just like asking them questions versus maybe revealing stories about myself. Like, what's my backstory? How did I get into the get into this? Like, why do I love coaching? Um, why do I how did I discover this philosophy? Right, like of training. Um, those things when I didn't bring that up and I just kept it focused on them. I noticed at the end, like they still would have those questions for me. So how, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into this? Right. And that's the opportunity I realized I would mess up all the time, to be honest, because it's like, it wasn't an accurate representation. I felt flustered. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, how do I condense the past seven years of 10 years of experience into like a 30 second thing? So that is so important. Um, in the discovery call because this person's deciding if they want to work with me, right? So the story is everything, right? Because they can go hit another trainer up down the street. Um, The difference is kind of like, what's the story separating some of us, right? And so it took me a while to figure this out because you've also seen this storytelling is everywhere. Like people say, use story, like science around storytelling is wild, right? But how do you practically kind of apply the structure? That's always kind of like what I'm studying and looking for. And um, it's all in the specifics I found, right? So the discovery call, like you can keep it vague. Oh, I always wanted to help people. I was into playing baseball when I was younger. Like those things are cool, right? But the the key change when I read the book we were talking about off air, um, Story Brand by Donald Miller. Right, um, And one. then all... 
And then also uh, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson, in which he cites StoryBrand and uses a lot of that structure as well. Um, but basically, the key difference was you are not the hero of the story, right? So I'm not the hero of the story trying to show you how awesome and how hard it was and how I overcame everything. The customer, the listener, the viewer, they are the client is the hero hero of the story and you mm -hmm. are playing the guide or mentor, right? right? So you telling the story, whatever it might be, me telling the back injury story, for example, that was a key one for me that like I didn't have to force it truly. It was true and it was natural. Like that, that really impacted me when I had a back injury at 19. It stopped my whole world. Like for a year and a half, I could barely vacuum. I had to get out of the car a certain way. It was like, I, I, had to stop teaching spin classes like I it was it was devastating right but I was able to figure out how to tell these stories and to the lower back injury or anybody who's coming from an injury standpoint immediately you could see this like oh, dude I feel the same thing and here's an example of a specific right one step forward, two steps back, yeah, right? Yeah, Every yeah. person who's had a back injury knows that feeling. Oh man, I messed it up a little bit too. Oh man, it's back three weeks of progress. I got to start over again. Right. That key part of the story when I would explain how annoying that was to me, like regression, progression, regression, you know, back and forth, made them go, dude, I know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get it. Like that's right. that's exactly what's happening with me. And that's what, I needed to win over the sale, like that excitement would come out and then they would tell me more stories. And then we kind of went back and forth. So in the discovery call, the key story is your backstory. What's the backstory that gives us an interest in you? Like, why should we listen to you? That's kind of the, the, you know, unspoken elephant in the room. And this is right. where the coach crafting their angle of like, look, I was in your shoes. I hurt my back also. Like, that's an angle. There's also, hey, I've been in this 40 years. I know what I'm doing. That's a story as well, right? Mm -hmm. So backstory is one. And then two, I would say like uh, if you are – because you are going to introduce like what your offer is, how you think about training a little bit. Like you need to have a story for that. How did you discover the origin yeah. story basically for what you're putting them through essentially? Yeah. I also think like one of the best things in a quick 15, 10 minute discovery call is like feeling the pressure of the time to really ask questions to get the story. So being a good listener is also asking good questions to kind of continue to get more of the story because they don't know that they're telling you the story. They just kind of are giving you information. But sure. don't look at it as just information. Look at it as how do I build all the story together to then create the the sticking point where the service is like the answer. And it's the answer not because you're manipulating but because it really does fit the story, right? It's like, okay, this is why they – they knew it, you knew it, but we're just trying to come to the conclusion together. It's like It's like people trying to come and articulate something they both already know. But they're trying to say it in a way where both parties say, yes, that's it. And so there's those moments, right? So that's kind of the big picture. But I would just say ask good questions, be a great listener. And then I always love doing this repeat back like, hey, this is what I'm hearing. You tell me if that's how you hear it too. Yeah, and just give like them that. an opportunity to have this agreement of like, yes, that's the story. I feel heard. I feel like you get it. I feel like you encompass that. That gives so much trust and buy-in right there. 
You know, so, it's really scary, bro. What? I was watching this like uh, video or documentary where it was like uh, the CIA studied an FBI studied the hell out of this technique, right? Which is like mirroring in building rapport with somebody, right? Yeah. Versus, um, you know, some other methods basically, right? And out of everything, for some reason, mirroring, repeating back, maybe in a slightly different way or the same thing that they just said, there was like a crazy like 30, 40%. Um, I don't want to misquote like the thing, but essentially what I took from that was like, oh my gosh, this is actually valuable. And there's a reason we do it. Like that's what active listening is, which is I take in what you're saying. Mm. I repeat back to you to show that I heard what you said. And if I am wrong, that's good because it gives you a chance to go, no, 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 this is what I meant, right? right. And oftentimes that's easier than somebody articulating from scratch perfectly. So mm -hmm. I really, I really love that. Um, yeah, I, I kept it focused on like offer up stories for yourself that builds rapport and yeah. opens up the door so that they can, you know, give you stories. And I think the story that really we're trying to get to, like me and the discovery call, I'm trying to understand um, what happened before this that led me, led them to me. So yes. there's usually some emotional thing that happened. And they won't tell you won't find that out sometimes until month two, right? But like, if you can find it out front, you can be like, all right, this is useful information. Um, how do I keep this in mind? This is what's important to this person. And, you know, we, we take it from there. So uh, yeah, you want to move um, anything else on discovery call before we go into consultation? You know, that, and just to conclude on that, I think that's good on two fronts, what you just said, which was the idea of asking the question, how did you how did you kind of hear about me or get towards me. And the reason is because it helps them share a little bit of the story of how they heard about you. Like, and then maybe there's a repeatable way of, of continuing to market that way because you can bring 100%. more people like that if that's your clientele or your niche. So that's really good information. And then I think it's also just, um, I think it's just good. It's a good way to start because it gives you insight on them. Like where, where are they looking? What are they looking for? How did you yeah. fit into that looking for? So I think that a lot of this does translate back over into the monthly consultations you should have with your clients too. Yeah. Because what you're doing is, you know, in good coaching, right? You're, you're building out like long-term plans for people and those long-term plans are like a story that's connect, like a journey. It's a map of the story of trying to complete and make them the hero, right? And so, yeah. um, it's like Sam Wyganji, and you know he's using the map to kind of get up the mountain, right? Frodo's kind of going along with him and trusting him, and sometimes looking at the map himself, right? But that's kind of like the, you know, macro cycle. And so what you're looking for in that is um, I think you really want to make sure that you take those long-term plans, you sit down, and then you listen monthly, same thing, asking questions, having good – which is why like we created the, the 101 consultation questions because qu questions really do give you the story and structure to kind of get people uh, on the path that they wanted to go. But that all starts with like knowing – what the person wanted with to begin with, which is why the discovery call and the initial onboarding phase is so important to get that story down because then the 30 minute consultations are really just like repeating back, listening, mirroring. I like how you use that word, um, yeah. those structures to kind of help. 
Um, one of the things that jumped out to me that applies to, I think, consultation and retention. Okay, so storytelling structure to make this like really tangible for people. Um, let's say that in the first four weeks, you're really excited, right? You're like, oh, I got a new trainer, the new coach, the student's awesome, like I'm going to crush it. And then all of a sudden in week four, motivation wears off. You're like, oh man, I'm tired. I start, you know, eating more sugar or whatever, like I'm right. back on my old ways. That is now a story that they are coming into the consultation with, which is, man, I'm unfixable. Like, I look at this, I'm back at my shit after four weeks. Like, I'm paying hundreds of dollars and I'm not – That they're not saying that. That's an internal monologue, right? But you have to be able to <clears throat> identify that that's the problem or that's what you're trying to solve. Is like, hey, I'm trying to help them with nutrition in this consultation. How do I tell a story that meets them where they're at in this really low point? Like they feel like, oh, shoot, I'm I'm a piece of shit for falling off the boat and it's only <laughs> been four weeks. Right. And yeah. so how do you establish like, look, you're not falling off the boat. I just had ice cream, you know, two days ago. And here's why. And, you know, you tell the story of like the time you had a coach where they controlled everything to a T and it was miserable. And here's what you learn from it. Right now, that's a story that helps rewrite the beliefs that they came into about your process, your structure, and you buy them back in every single time yeah. with whatever problem they're facing. Totally. Um, right? Like, I yeah, think that's the way to apply this like every month or every two weeks if you wanted to. It's for... like if you've ever been with like a really good counselor and you start talking with them about yourself just like you would with a coach and you fell off the wagon or you're upset that you didn't live up to your values or your standards. And then you start kind of shame talking yourself or, you know, like you said, shit talking yourself. And and then they say, like, well, let's get curious about that and not just beat ourselves up. Right. And I think good coaching, right, gets away from just yelling at someone like, hey, do better or even like up it a little bit. That sounds better. We all try to do better than that. Right. But we'll say things like, um, hey, if you really want it bad, like you'll you'll do it. Obviously, you're, you're showing that you really don't want it that bad. Right. That's like, <laughs> right. which we all do. And there's truth to that, but it's not helpful. And so what's more helpful is like, what, where do we think, why do we think this is so hard or we fall into this so much? Like, let's just get curious about that. And there mm -hmm. lets like kind of lets all of the emotion down, the shame kind of goes away. And then we can kind of look at it more logically and then kind of get back to the story of like, Oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. I would probably want to eat ice cream too if my kids were all screaming for the last three hours before bedtime and, you know, and you're just exhausted from a long day. And instead of like, you know, eating carrots and hummus, you decided to just grab ice cream in your freezer. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Your cortisol levels are high. You're frustrated. You just want a quick dopamine effect. What do you think we could do instead to make that better? Like, and now we're like, this is where the story of like a, somebody coming along someone, aside someone and then next time they go for the carrots and hummus, just to keep with the analogy, and we celebrate, we cheer them on because they're the hero. They just needed some, they needed someone to help them have that realization moment, but mm -hmm. they had the power in them to kind of do it. And then bam, that's coaching, that's helping them, that's where they get it versus like the coach who yells at you or just tries to hold you to a high standard. Or and I'm not just, against high standards. I'm I'm just saying it's lazy coaching if that's the only way you go about trying to uh, help someone get to their goal. Right. That's not just what they're paying you for. Say like, hey, eat more protein. It's like, 
break down for me in my life how I can eat more protein. I'm already struggling with that, right? I want to share, as we close this up, this five-step framework that I keep in front of me every time I record stuff. Yeah. It's from... Russell Brunson's uh, Expert Secrets book. You could search the image online. It's called the Epiphany Bridge Script. I like the 30-second one. And it goes through these five stages. If you, uh, I'll read through it for audio listeners. Number one, backstory. Okay. Number two is journey. journey. Number three is new opportunity. Number four is framework. And number five is achievement. So let's run through this from the top. Number one is the backstory. What gives, give us context. What's the, uh, you know, vested interest we have. Let's say you're talking to a parent, right? And you are also a parent. You can get across. Look, I, I got three kids. It's tough when I'm sitting down with them, feeding them at 6 PM and they're eating pizza and I'm hungry and I eat off their plate too, right? Boom. That establishes a little bit of backstory. You got kids, sure. they got kids. Boom. Number two journey. How, what's, what was the conflict, you know, what's the whole like uh, thing, the problem you're actually dealing with that you're trying to solve, whether this is a short, like a piece of content you're trying to make, or you're talking to somebody in a consultation or trying to get a point across, like there's a problem, right? So step two is where we kind of tell that story of how we encounter that. Number three is new opportunity. The new opportunity is really important because it's like, th this is where you go, oh, I had an epiphany. And I realized that I could like make my own chicken fingers and have that at the same time. And if I did that, then I wouldn't eat their chicken fingers or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the new opportunity is. Then number four is framework, right? So the framework is going to be turning this, like give it a name. A lot of times when we hear a name, like instead of hidden fees, Ramit Sethi likes to say, phantom costs mm. okay boom now that gives me like a thing in my brain i'm like okay i i i can i can see uh it's just a good note-taking skill right so give somebody a framework because it now establishes you also as an expert like you're naming it your way you know making it your own um giving it kind of a, a structure so the story stuff you just talked about step one two three now that you have attention you've got buy-in emotional stuff Fourth is the framework, and they're ready for the prescription. Yep. Then number five is achievement. So after I tried doing this framework, number five, the, what's the transformation that happened, right? It's like that should also highlight like what your client actually wants and help lead to that goal. Um, so helpful. So um, yeah, did, did that so, make sense? Yeah, so applicable to coaching, you know? Right. I'm brainstorming as I'm listening to you just like better frameworks because we all need to get better at that. But like just like that makes it so simple. Yeah. Like and this is really I think a great practice thing because I've been doing this myself uh, since I – and I've read this book seven years ago and I come back to it every year. And this year I opened it up and like decided to try to get a little bit better at this. And like I always tried but I didn't fully put effort into it. And so I would say make a little flashcard that has these five steps. Keep it in front of you anytime you talk, even on your consults. And the goal is it doesn't have to be a whole long-winded story every time. This is like, remember, it's a 30-second script. So you, each of these could be one sentence if you wanted to. And so it could be a story in 30 seconds. Get really freaking good at that because no matter if you're in the remote coaching world or you venture off into another world, like this skill stays with you for life, I think. Mm, that's good. I love that. Um, anything else you want to conclude on for today? 
Um, do you, I guess my question for you is, do you feel like, uh, it was clear some of the examples that I gave going through with the five step structure? Um, cause another example I would say is a challenge not to go off on this, but as a challenge to somebody listening, if they want to try, uh, you know, making their own story and submitting it to us, I would love to take a look at that. Um, but to give you an example, to spark something, it's like I had a client lives in New York, uh, kind of bougie, right? Traveled to Spain for a couple of weeks and uh, did everything he could to lose, like try to lose weight, did my programming, all that stuff, but like wasn't losing the weight he wanted. And then he goes to Spain for, and he's not really working out there. He's walking, okay, every day, like miles and miles and miles. He's eating, like he's enjoying himself on vacation. He comes back, he's lost 10 pounds and looks leaner and slimmer and he feels good. And he's like, it's like, dude, I just walked. That is the birth of a framework, right? That you could be like, boom, that's how I realized, you know, you got to come up with the walk, you know, the what, I don't know, you come up with like your own name, right? And display the importance of walking. So I would encourage anybody who's listening, if you can find a story, whether it's your backstory or origin story, whatever you want to dive into, take a shot at writing it. If you want to send it to me or Blake, we'd love to see it um, and and help you out. Um, But check out more free tools, trainerslab.io. We've got everything there and in the description below. And we'll be back with more storytelling uh, structure because this is a uh, important and weighty topic. Um, But we wanted to give you something quick and tangible that you can implement like right away after listening. I love it. That's good. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Take care.